Okay, let's get to the Word of God tonight. I want to preach on unusual healings. <laughs> unusual healings. Healing seems to be the thing that many people uh, need right now. And, um, you know, God is God and He will do things however He wants. So we kind of have an idea of how God does uh, heal, and we'll get to that at the end. But I just want to have a look at a few unusual healings throughout the Word of God. Uh, often there's a pattern to the way God does things, but sometimes he just does it totally out of left field and just random things happen. You go, wow, that is pretty unusual. <laughs> and so I'm going to look at uh, a few of those tonight. And the first one comes from uh, Numbers chapter 21. And this is when the people of God had been extremely disobedient to the Lord in the wilderness. And, uh, you know, God is a God of mercy and grace, but sometimes he's like a loving parent who says, you know what, enough is enough. And this is one of those situations. So it says, the people spoke against God and against Moses. And they said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. Wow. They're talking about the manna that God miraculously provided. And so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. Well, they got God's attention. And now he wants to get their attention. Why? Because he sometimes does things to get our attention to bring us back to ourselves, to bring us back to reality, a reality check. And this was quite a reality check. These people was, were speaking against God and against Moses, very ungrateful, very rebellious. And they are loathing. They said, our soul loathes this worthless bread. Bread's good. <laughs> People loathing the things that God has provided for them. And so to get their attention, the Lord sent fiery serpents. Now, why were they fiery? Were they red snakes? Who knows? Uh, was it fiery when they bit them? Probably. But who knows, God just decided to do this. And therefore the people came to Moses and they said, we have sinned. And they're saying basically it was the older generation who were the most, the biggest of grumblers and the young ones were the ones who were more repentant. And they said, we have sinned for we've spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So they were repentant. Some of them were repentant, obviously. They came to Moses and Moses prayed for the people. Moses prayed for them. So they repented. He interceded on their behalf. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. And so Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Now, if that's not unusual, I don't know what is. <laughs> you know, God didn't just say, oh, okay, I will stop everything right now. He required them to do something. And so he required Moses 
to make a serpent. And you know, if you see in the medical scene these days, you will see that kind of serpent around a pole representing like the healing symbol, it's symbolic of healing. And it spoke of the lifting up, I don't want to get into the depths of this, but speaking about the lifting up of, of something and when the people looked upon it, they were healed. It kind of was a indicative of to come, the picture of Christ to come when he was lifted up on the, the cross. And when people looked to him, all they do is look to him and they were healed. And so when they looked to this symbol, they were healed. That is a very unusual way of getting healing. And, but nevertheless, that was God's way. The next one that I want to look at is also an unusual way, and it was uh, um, uh, a man named Naaman, a very powerful army commander, um, very successful, very courageous, obviously, and used by God, but he was a leper. He had leprosy, and so it was required of him to get his healing. It was a young Hebrew girl who said, if you will just... Uh, go to the man of God, he will give you instructions and you will be healed because there was no cure for leprosy at that point. And so Naaman didn't want to do it. He said, you know what, it's too simple. I could have stayed at home and dipped in my own river. But nevertheless, his servant said, look, it's not a difficult thing, just do it. So he went down. He dipped seven times in the Jordan, as he was instructed, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored, like the flesh of a little child, in other words, without blemish, and he was clean. So he was restored and he was cleansed, simply because he dipped in the Jordan River seven times according to the word of God. He obeyed the word of the Lord, begrudgingly at first, but nevertheless, when he did, according to God's unusual instruction here, he too was healed. Does this happen every day? No. A lot of these stories are just one-offs, okay? You don't build a doctrine around these things. These are one-offs to say that sometimes God deals uniquely in situations and we shouldn't take anything for granted, okay? When God speaks, we need to obey his instructions. The next incident happened when the Syrians were invading Israel and there was a band of raiders and uh, they came in and the people had no time to bury one of their dead. It says, Elisha died. And they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of that year. So the year that Elisha died, there was an invasion by the Syrians. And so it was, as they were burying a man, that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. So Elisha, that great anointed prophet of God, died. And then in the spring of that year, the Syrians came in and invaded the land. And they wanted to bury one of the Israel, Israelites, wanted to bury one of their men, but they didn't have time. It's like, whoa, there's some Syrians over there. Quick, where are we going to bury the guy? And so it's like, there's Elisha's tomb right there. 
So they threw this body, the man's body, into the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down, well, they didn't throw him. It says they let him down. It touched the bones of Elisha. He revived and <laughs> stood on his feet. Amazing. They put the body of this man into Elisha's tomb, thinking, quick, quick, let's get out of here. The Syrians are coming. And then they would have heard, hey, guys, wait for me. <laughs> Imagine that. Suddenly he's alive again. Amazing. Now that, that is an unusual healing, right? Unusual. Does that happen every day? No. But this just shows the power of God and the anointing, the anointing that abides in us. That anointing that abided in Elisha was still there in his bones, okay? Several months maybe later in the spring of that year. So very unusual but it gets your attention. You know, God is not boring. He's not a boring God at all. Okay, the next one that I want to go to is, um, and it's like something that you could apply even now. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 58, it talks about the power of fasting, fasting and prayer. And Jesus alluded to this later as well in the Gospels. It says here, then your light, when you fast, then your light shall break forth like the morning, and your healing shall spring forth speedily. Sometimes when you are not healed in a certain way, you can apply this principle, this godly principle. Maybe a fast is the thing that will break that, that sickness over your life. Maybe a fast is just the thing to bring forth your healing, your healing speedily. Who knows? What have you got to lose? Sickness, infirmity, maybe unbelief. So sometimes if you're believing God and, and sometimes people get prayed for and prayed for and prayed for and they pray for themselves many, many times that there's just not that breakthrough. Maybe, just maybe, healing and prayer and fasting, they're the keys. Fasting. Your healing shall spring forth speedily I like that when you've been waiting and waiting and waiting suddenly it's a suddenly healing so maybe that applies to somebody out there okay so let's go into the New Testament just to a few examples here of unusual healings uh, this is in John chapter 5 and it says now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Stirred up the water. And then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Whatever disease. And it named only just a few there. But the first one in got the blessing. The first one in, when the angel came and stirred the water. Can you imagine all the, it says a multitude, 
All these sick people around this pool just waiting. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden, the water starts moving. Quick! First one in. Ah! I'm always second. I'm always third, you know? It seems kind of cruel, doesn't it? But there's a precedent set here. You know, people are looking to this for the healing. But the amazing thing is, whatever they had, whoever was first in was healed of whatever they had. And this is a picture of Christ coming, the living waters who comes and whatever comes to him, the healing will come to them. Okay? I love that story. And then you think that's unusual? What about this? This is in the early days of the church. It says believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of men and women. So they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches. So here again, we've got a lot of sick people. Sick people. There weren't the hospitals and things that we've got these days. There wasn't the medical stuff we've got. You know, what did they have? They just had a lot of sick people people. They were laid in the streets, they're on their beds, they're on their couches. And then it says that at least, at least, the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them, his shadow. And also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. They were all healed. Some of them were just hoping, just hoping that his shadow, oh, there's Peter's shadow. I'm going to be healed. He's got an anointing for healing, that man. God uses him for healing. There's his shadow. I've got faith for healing simply through that. You know, if somebody walks past you and their shadow touches you, do you get healed? Maybe, probably not. But at this particular point in time, this was something that God used. Why? Because there were so many people there. So many people. The next one is interesting too. They said God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. That is powerful. You know, has anyone got a hanky? Most people use tissues now. <laughs> but you know, your hanky is probably just a hanky. But in this particular situation, it said, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So even handkerchiefs and aprons, that anointing was exuding out of his body through this cloth. And when people were touched by it, they were healed. Now, do you build a doctrine on this? No, you don't. This was at this particular part of time. It's just showing that God can use anyone or anything 
to bring healing the way that he wants it done. Amen? So amazing. Diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. Amazing. The power of God to bring healing. So when Jesus came, of course, healing came. How did Jesus heal? Mostly, he spoke the word. Mostly, he touched. And mostly, he would command the person to do something. Stretch out your hand. Arise and walk. So mainly, he would speak and touch. Speak or command and touch. And that's predominantly how healing comes in, these, in the New Testament times, in these times right now. Predominantly, <coughs> these are the ways. There are a couple of other ways. I just want to write it down. One of the ways that healing comes is when we call for the elders. In James 5, it says, if you call for the elders and there's any sin in your life, you confess and the prayer of faith will bring healing. The second one is, it says God sent his word and healed them. He sends his word. When you speak the word, sometimes when you read the word, healing will come to you. Physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing will come. When he sends his word, he heals. Of course, healing comes by the power of Jesus' name, the speaking or the commanding in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's no other name through which man is saved except the name of Jesus. And we speak of the stripes of Jesus. By his stripes we are healed. We command. We don't beg. We don't plead. We command and we proclaim and we declare the power of God. We declare by his stripes you are healed. We declare in the name of Jesus, receive your healing. And the most prolific one is the hands-on. Hands-on. Jesus was always laying hands on people. He laid hands on the children. He laid hands on the sick. He would lay hands on people he wasn't even supposed to touch. And they would be healed. They would be healed. So in all of this, the last verse I want to go to, the bottom line is God is good, God is a healer, and he wants to heal. Amen? Amen. In Psalm 107, verse 20, it says, He sent his word and healed them. He delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. God, what does God heal? Because of his goodness. How does God heal? Because he's a wonderful, wonderful worker of miracles. He's a wonderful, wonderful God. Father, we just thank you. Lord, in these times when the, there seems to be so much healing needed in the earth, Lord, um, healing from viruses, healing from violence, healing from anger and domestic situations and healing from fear, and all these situations. Well, we need you because you are the God who heals us. We need to believe you for it. We need to receive it and be grateful for it. 
Lord, we just thank you that you do things in your own way, sometimes unusually, sometimes unexpectedly, but always amazingly, always because of your goodness. Father, I pray that you would send your word and heal your people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week. If anyone needs healing and you'd like hands laid on you, we want to do that. Otherwise, have a fantastic week. Goodbye, everyone online. We'll see you again soon. Say hi to somebody and stay safe. Amen. God bless you. Okay. God is good. I didn't know if my voice would hold out.